Thanks for listening to the Inner Life Podcast. Be sure to join us every weekday at 11 a.m. Central on Relevant Radio or on the Relevant Radio app. Find your local Relevant Radio station at RelevantRadio.com or stream us live every day on the Relevant Radio app. It's time to set out on the pathway to healing and light. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. If you have questions or concerns about your faith journey, if you are struggling or searching for something more, if you are in need of some spiritual direction, our Catholic priests are here to help. One heart at a time. Welcome to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Hello and welcome to The Inner Life here on this Thursday. I'm Josh Raymond and so glad to have you along with us for our hour of spiritual direction here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. And uh, before we get into the show, I've mentioned this a couple times later in the hour, but I don't know if I've mentioned it at the beginning of the hour. We are giving away something wonderful. It's for Advent and Christmas, but we want to have plenty of time to send it out to you. It's an outdoor nativity set, a display that is valued over $500. We're actually giving away 200 of them, uh, but you only have today and tomorrow to register. Registration, it's cut off by the end of tomorrow, so uh, you can sign up at relevantradio.com or through the Relevant Radio app. You'll see a banner there for the nativity set that you can sign up. Just register, and you'll be entered to win, and we'll do that drawing uh, sometime after tomorrow, I'm presuming probably on Monday next week, and you'll be notified if you're one of the winners. And uh, it, really, the the main reason that we want to do this, we, we had somebody who partnered with us last year, and we did this exact same thing. And their goal was just saying, you know, the more that we can spread devotion to the Holy Family, that we can promote Christ during Christmas, don't just make it happy holidays, actually make it a Merry Christmas that we're wishing to our neighbors, to our community. Uh, that's such an important witness, such an important message that we're getting out there. So again, your opportunity to win this outdoor nativity set, just go to relevantradio.com or you can click on the Relevant Radio app and register there. So you know how every once in a while you'll hear a new word or a new phrase or you'll come across some new piece of information, at least it's new to you. And then over the next few days or the next couple of weeks, you hear that word or you read it again and again and again. You know it's something that's probably been out there your entire life, longer than that in most cases, but for some reason, you only right now have learned that word or that phrase, and it keeps popping up. And you find yourself wondering, how could you ever have missed it before since it seems to be so commonly used? I'm coming across it all the time. This kind of experience, it's called the Batter-Meinhof Phenomenon. I know that's kind of a weird name. And I read about this for the first time maybe 15 or 20 years ago. And the story goes like this. There's a man back in 1994, so not that long ago, but he wrote a letter into a newspaper explaining how he learned of the Batter-Meinhof gang. This is a militant group that was uh, based in Germany, very popular in the news in the 1970s. Well, this man, he wrote into the newspaper and said shortly after hearing about them, he came across the name, Batter-Meinhof Gang, reading something else completely unrelated to that first time that he encountered the name of the group. And after his story was published in the newspaper, well, then other readers, they started sending in their own letters telling of their experiences of similar events, you know, coming across different words or names or phrases or something. And 
they'd then come in contact with that or hear it again over and over and over after you've heard it that first time. And so that original letter to the newspaper, the name, Batter-Meinhof, it got dubbed the Batter-Meinhof phenomenon. Now, uh, skip ahead to 2005, and a professor at Stanford, he ended up coining a different term, a different name for this experience, calling it frequency illusion. But as that name is far more boring, I still like calling it the Batter-Meinhof phenomenon, and it's far more memorable, I think, that way. And I remember one of those occasions where a word popped up again and again for me after I was watching a movie, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. And there's a part in the movie where Indiana Jones, he has to use these clues that are found in his father's journal, and he has to make it past three different challenges, three different traps, before he can find the Holy Grail. And in coming up to that first trap, he reads the first clue in his father's journal, only the penitent man will pass. And they keep repeating that again and again. And so there you've got uh, Indiana Jones and his father, Henry Jones Sr., and they keep on saying that, the penitent man, the penitent man, only the penitent man. And this wasn't a word I really knew before that, not something that was used in our home, and even if I had heard it before, it was the first time I really took notice of the word penitent. But shortly after that, I had that experience of hearing it frequently over the next weeks or months, and it drove it home in my head. It became part of my vocabulary, penitent. How about you? Are you a penitent person? Another word that's very closely related is one that I really didn't hear much before I started my journey into the Catholic Church. That's penance. Most of the time we typically hear that word, penance, associated with the sacrament of confession. Did you do your penance? There's so much more opportunity for us to grow in holiness when we have that penitential attitude, though, when we offer up penances on our own, those sacrifices on our own, out of love for God. And that's what we wanted to talk about today here on The Inner Life. We want to discuss how we can experience an ongoing, even a daily conversion when we offer those penances. And joining us is our spiritual director back on the program once again with us, Father Joseph Johnson, a priest in the Archdiocese of St. Paul in Minneapolis. He is the pastor of Holy Family Catholic Church in St. Louis Park, Minnesota. Uh, Father, I'm so glad to have you back here on the program today as we talk about penance. Thank you. I hope it's not too much of a penance to have me. No, never, never. It's always a joy to have you here, Father. So, well, you know, as we get started, I mentioned we can often think of doing a penance, offering a penance. Most of the times that we hear about that in the Catholic Church, it's associated with going to confession. You confess your sins, the priest, he absolves you, gives you a penance, often some sort of different prayers that you'll pray after you walk out of the confessional. But today, we're talking about something that kind of goes beyond that assigned penance, and maybe we can start about that. Uh, talk about the purpose of doing a penance, whether it's out of confession or whether it's something we do on our own. So, well, first of all, in the, in the process of going to confession, uh, yes, after uh, you've confessed your sins, and the priest gives you some counsel, before he gives you absolution, he'll usually tell you, okay, do this for your penance. Now, because it happens within that context, Sometimes we think of it in a transactional way that, okay, I'm, I'm going to buy off 
God's wrath. I'm going to pay for his forgiveness by doing this thing. And, and in, in fact, that's not what's happening. And also, it's not just that, well, God's punishing me. Now I have to do this or that or the other. It's not that either. God's forgiveness is a gift, period. Period. But we know, uh, those of you with little children especially, you remember that, that we need to tell, uh, teach our, our young to appreciate a gift and not take things for granted. And all of us, of whatever age, can take things for granted. And I think one of the, the beautiful things the Lord wants to bring out of the crisis uh, that our, our world has been going through is, is we were prevented uh, from going to Mass for months mm-hmm. last year. You know, so so that, that, please God, we don't ever take the Holy Eucharist for granted. So the gifts of God as we receive them. So in confession, when we're asked to do a penance, it's really a token of gratitude. Showing we're not taking it. Sometimes people will confess some really heavy sins to me, and, and I'll hear in their voice, they're waiting for me to sock it to them. You know, they're waiting for bread and water for the next three years, you know, or something like that. And and sometimes those moments, I'll actually go the opposite and just go, say, one Our Father and one Hail Mary. And I'm like, what? Did you, did you not hear what I was saying, Father? And I'm like, yes, but you think you can buy off God. It's a gift. So the penance is our token of goodwill, our token of gratitude, and it's also a recognition we have failed in love. That mm. sin is not breaking rules. It's failing to love. And that's, that's what Jesus says when he says all the commandments are summed up. Love God, love your neighbor. So when I've sinned, I've failed in love. And by doing something penitential, that is, something that's not pleasing to me, something that I wouldn't otherwise do, when I make some sacrifice that way to do a penance, it's converting my heart from being selfish and unloving to self-gift and love. You know, and, well, as you're saying this, Father, I'm thinking about the fact that with prayer, it is that regular penance that I most often receive there in the confessional. And I guess, you know, as you're talking about that, that failed in love. And so we're doing something that maybe is a little bit unpleasant, but prayer is supposed to be pleasant. It should be that conversation with God, meditating upon the life of Jesus or the words of Scripture, um, you know, conversing with God. But that should be done out of love. It shouldn't be that this is a burden for me to pray. So, you know, outside of being assigned that penance by a priest in the confessional, is there a time where a prayer really can be a penitential act? Or I, I guess, you know, if somebody were to ask me, well, you know, uh, when's the last time you talked with your wife? And I say, oh, I only have to do, you know, I only do that when uh, I have to, because otherwise it's uncomfortable or it's a burden. Uh, you know, they, they would probably give me a weird look and say, why in the world are you married to someone if you only talk to them when it's absolutely required or when you're forced to? You know what I'm saying, Father? 
Absolutely. And yet we also want to be conscious of the fact that, that we are human and we talk about in marriage a honeymoon period because then there's the rest of life too, right? That has its ups and its downs. Uh, and, and sometimes, you know, taking care of your kids is a great joy in, in, in L. And sometimes it's the middle of the night and they've woken you up for the third time that night for six months straight and, and you don't really want to get up. But out of love, you do get up and, and take care of them. And again, that's that breaking away in the heart from selfishness and unloving to self-gift and love. Uh, and I think in prayer, what we have to do is, I mean, if everyone wanted to do it, it's the easiest thing in the world. Take your alarm clock or if it's your iPhone or, or whatever way you use to get up in the morning and go onto it right now and set it for 15 minutes earlier. Just do that. And when it rings tomorrow morning, don't hit the snooze button. <laughs> right. Yeah, actually get right? up. <laughs> exactly. You know, St. Jose Maria, I'm sure Father Rocky has told this before, but St. Jose Maria used to call that the heroic moment, right? That when the alarm rings, you make a choice right there what your, how your day is going to go. The heroic moment says, a new day has arrived. I embrace it. I'm up and, and, and going. Right, and the snooze button says, "Oh, not yet, please. <laughs> Just a little bit longer. I'm not ready to face today yet." Right, uh, but but set that alarm clock 15 minutes early so that you can have 15 minutes of prayer. That you can start the day with prayer. And yes, it's penitential. Does I have to lose 15 minutes of sleep? Yep. And I can't hit the snooze button. Yep, that's penitential. But that creates space in your life. For prayer, and it's not that every time you're going to pray every morning that it's going to be warm and fuzzy, and and you're going to have a mystical experience, and 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 all the rest. But you, it's an act of love, Lord. I am giving you of my sleep. I'm giving you of my time. I'm giving you the first fruits of my day. I'm giving that to you. That's my act of love. So it's not so much what I'm getting out of prayer at that moment. It's what I'm putting into prayer, what I'm giving to the Lord. Because love is about gift. Hmm. That's beautiful. That's beautiful, Father. Uh, let me throw open the phone lines here for anybody who's listening. What do you do in your life to offer back to God maybe those small penances? What are the things that you have sacrificed? Uh, do you offer those sacrifices for yourself or maybe for a loved one, somebody who's away from the church or somebody who's going through a difficult time? And how have you seen your love for Jesus, your faith? How have you seen your faith life grow as you offer those penances? Our studio line, 888-914-9149, Our email address is innerlife at relevantradio.com. And our spiritual director is Father Joseph Johnson, as we're talking today about having that attitude of penance, of mortification in our lives. Uh, Father, one of the things that we look at, something considered a very common form of, form of penance, is fasting one of those most basic forms of self-denial. Why does fasting have such a powerful effect on us spiritually, even when Jesus is talking with his apostles and they come up to him and say, there was this person who was possessed by a demon, we couldn't cast out the demon. And Jesus says, this kind can only come out through prayer and fasting. And that, that idea, that combination of prayer and fasting 
it kind of gives a it, it I guess it it gives the appearance of you get a supernatural spiritual kind of uh, turbo boost by that. Right. So so I think we can talk about it from from both perspectives, right? What fasting does for me and how fasting sometimes we we say gives wings to our prayers. You know, that is a turbo boost as you you described it, but but how it's something that becomes a gift for other people that I can do. And in that regard, I have to tell you for all of our listeners out there, if you have uh someone in your family, especially parents with 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 kids, you know, but but anyone uh, that if any of your kids are grown, whatever, that you have any member of your family that that you're worried about, that you're you're thinking that they're struggling, they're on a wrong path, they've gone away from the church, they've gone a, away from your family, or or they've gotten mixed up in all sorts of uh, bad stuff. Pick a day of the week and fast, and offer that as a gift of love for your child or for your sibling or for your spouse or or for for whomever uh but but it's 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 a it does give wings to our prayers now we can talk about that because what we do when we do penance is in a in a certain way it's a any sacrifice that we do is an association with the passion of Christ right he sacrificed himself completely for us we enter into that sacrifice because again, the Christian life we impoverish it when we think it's a bunch of rules. Do this, do, do that. The Christian life is life in Christ. That's what the Catechism reminds us: life in Christ. Grace is not gasoline for the soul. Grace is the divine life of God within us. So when I do penance, when I make a sacrifice. I am letting myself share in that part of Christ's life, which is his passion. And what did his passion do? It unleashed the riches of God's grace to save the world. And so that's why whenever I suffer, whenever I sacrifice, whenever I do penance, I am participating in that sacrifice of Christ, which unleashes this uh, limitless torrent of grace over the world. Our spiritual director, Father Joseph Johnson, as we are talking about the penances that we can take on in our own lives, those sacrifices, those things that we give up, and how have you lived that out in your life? How have you seen that help you to grow closer, to grow in love, to experience that grace that Father is talking about, that grace that brings us love, brings us life in Christ? Our studio line, 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. And we'll continue talking with Father Joseph Johnson here in just a moment on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Catholic Order of Foresters is proud to sponsor the Relevant Radio studio line. For information about employment opportunities and flexible premium life insurance plans, visit RelevantRadio.com slash Forrester. Welcome back to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Call in now to share your story with our Inner Life Spiritual Directors. 1-888-914-9149. That's 1-888-914-9149. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Welcome back to The Inner Life. Hi, I'm Josh Raymond. 
Our spiritual director, Father Joseph Johnson, a priest in the Archdiocese of St. Paul in Minneapolis. He's the pastor of Holy Family Catholic Church in St. Louis Park, Minnesota. And today talking about penance, mortification, the things that we offer, the things that we sacrifice. And what do you do in your life? When have you sacrificed something, and how did it help you grow closer to Christ? Or how did it help maybe somebody that you love, somebody who's away from the church, or somebody who's struggling maybe with an addiction, or they're caught in a sinful lifestyle, whatever it might be, and you offering those penances, those sacrifices, how did it help them? How did you see the Holy Spirit able to use those sufferings that you brought on yourself and be able to work in the heart of that individual? Our studio line, 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. And uh, Father, before the break, we were talking about uh, fasting, and you mentioned you know any sacrifice can be united with Christ on the cross. And one of the things that I, I guess... You know, there seems to be this relationship here between offering a penance and redemptive suffering that we talk about in the church. And to me, it seems like there's uh, the similarity is with kind of the attitude that you have toward both. That I want to offer whatever I'm going through for the good of my soul or for the good of someone else. And at least to me, it seems that the difference is with redemptive suffering. I'm taking the difficult moments that come my way, things that I didn't necessarily seek out, I didn't want them to happen, but I then take those, I offer them, I unite them with Jesus's passion and his suffering on the cross. But when I do a penance, I am very purposefully taking on something, uh, or, I, or maybe I'm giving up something, you know, as we talk about sacrifice, I'm making that deliberate choice to deny myself some sort of enjoyment. Is that a pretty, is that an accurate differentiation between the two? I, I think so, Josh. I think you're right on it. I mean, that it, it's, it's really, you know, rooted in the heart uh, that wants to, to begin to give of itself, give of itself to the Lord in, in a greater charity, a greater love, a greater gratitude for the Lord's mercy to us. Uh, and also to give of ourselves to others uh, out of love for them, lifting them up to the Lord. Uh, but but it's it's that it's that connection between a heart that's going undergoing a transformation, and then our actions, uh, you know, begin to express that transformation and become gift. You know, uh, one of uh, you know the the definitions of love, the 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 bishop who ordained me used to say, love is the ability to say no to yourself for the sake of the beloved. You know, uh, so when I say I'm only going to have desserts on feast days, right, I'm making a gift of that uh, to the Lord. Uh, you know, I'm saying no to myself to make this gift uh, to, to, to the other. When I say I'm going to uh, abstain from all social media, all Internet except for work uh, one day a week, you know, I'm saying no to myself to make a gift. Lord, I'm offering this up for this special intention. 
Father, let's go to the phones. We've got Polly who's calling in, and again, I'll throw out the phone number here, 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149, as we talk about penance, about mortification, about sacrifice here on The Inner Life Today. Polly, uh, so glad you called in. Welcome to The Inner Life Today. Yes, help. <laughs> um, I, I have several diagnoses. I've had chronic illness for 35-plus years. Um, I can absolutely, I absolutely have to eat meat every day for my health. I cannot deny myself, even on Fridays. Um, also, um, I have a lot of complications with my diet. I have pain. I'm not debilitating pain, but just enough to keep me, you know, um, feeling um, isolated. So how would I do penance? I mean, what I've been trying to do is, like, I was really... Um, uptight with someone on the phone that helps with my rides. And so I called them back and I apologized. I, I figured maybe that would be a penance. I will take it to confession also. But if I can't really fast to any degree, and because of COVID, I can't go out and volunteer things. I try to call people on the phone that I know would appreciate my calls. Um, I try to, you know, deny myself in the quality of the food I have, you know, like abstaining from spices or desserts. So I just wondered, someone like me that's restricted, how can we do penance? Because this little reading I just saw in Magnificat, it quotes St. Augustine. He says, It is not enough for a man to change his ways for the better and to give up the practice of evil unless by painful penance, sorrowing humility, and contrite heart. So that kind of scared me. I said, well, should I be lashing myself? So anyway... Your insights. Well, thank you, Polly, for for calling, and and certainly, uh, you know, your experience that you share of of having this debilitating disease for for all those years, that itself is a penitential practice. That's a penitential life, and and uh, as Josh was saying, they're the penances we choose, and they're penances that we don't choose that come to us. Uh, so, you know, and, and frankly, the ones that we don't choose are the ones that are usually more painful uh, and also the ones that have uh, a better effect on us because they're oftentimes the Lord has allowed a particular thing because there's a particular way that the Lord wants us to, to, cha- to change. Uh, you know, so it could be like, say, before COVID, when, when offices were full of people in little cubicles right next to each other and all this, it, it could be that, that instead of me giving up meat, you know, uh, the person who has the cubicle next to me has this strong perfume that gives me a headache. They talk loudly on the phone and it, and it grates on my nerves, whatever. But if I can patiently and graciously uh, not react, uh, that's, that's a penance. I didn't choose it, but I saw a, a, uh, a suffering in my life and I accepted it peacefully rather than rebelling against it because frankly we're not good at suffering you know so so when suffering comes especially those of us in comfy modern america we we think we should have heaven on earth we think that inconvenience is is a terrible thing let alone actual suffering so 
when you describe your situation, first of all, I'd say talk to your pastor uh, about getting a dis- dispensation that that you don't have to feel guilty about eating meat on Fridays or anything like that. You know, I'm sure your pastor will be happy to to tell you that no, no, you're you're fine. Do be a good steward of your health, but fasting can can be something other than just food. Again, there are people that. Uh, that have other things in their lives, whether it's alcohol or sweets or video games. I'm always so touched when Lent comes around, which is, of course, a whole penitential season, and some of the kids say, I'm giving up video games until Easter. You know, they're fasting from something that really is important to them, you know, and and that's beautiful. So I don't know, you can find other things uh, that, that uh, other than food, that are, are ways that you can make a sacrifice, but also just to accept peacefully without grumpiness, without complaint, without getting irritable, uh, the way that the physical suffering that the Lord has allowed to come into your life, to, to accept that cross peacefully, that's a great way of penance. Uh, and it can be a beautiful gift as well. You describe talking to people on the phone. You know, sometimes we look at our phone and we see who's calling and go, oh, no, right? I don't have time for this person or this person gets on my nerves or whatever. Answer the phone with a smile, you know? Uh, or it's, you know, great Aunt Susie in the nursing home never gets a phone call from anybody, never gets a visit. I'm going to call her once a week. So be part of my Sunday, I'm going to make a gift to, to great Aunt Susie by calling her. And if she wants to tell me all about every bingo game or every crochet that she did this week, that's just fine. I'm going to sit and listen. Uh, you know, And that's a beautiful way that, that I, can, I can enter into this spirit of self-denial, uh, this spirit that from self-denial moves to self-gift. Thank you, Polly, so much. Yeah. Polly, uh, really appreciate you calling into the program today. And Father, you know, a couple of weeks ago, October 1st, we celebrated the uh, feast of St. Therese of Lisieux. And, you know, a lot of the things that we're talking about here today, it really kind of goes into that idea of her little way. Those small little things that we do out of love for God, even when normally it might be an annoyance or it might be just a hassle that, you know, we have to deal with something. Um, but she, she's the one that as I was reflecting and thinking about talking on the program today with you about penance, about mortification, she's that, that one that more than anybody else kind of stood out in my mind. Do you have somebody that is kind of a spiritual role model that you look at as an example of how to offer those acts of penance and mortification, any saint or somebody else maybe uh, that, that is a, a, a standout example to you? Sure. Uh, I mean, first of all, St. Therese herself, she's my gal, you know, so I'm right there with you, the, the little way, <laughs> right. little things with great love. One of the things that she did totally backfired on her. So be, be prepared. If you, you, if you give a little gift, the Lord may ask for a little bit more. She had one sister in the convent. You know, when we think about a convent, oh, they must be all floating on clouds. No, these are real human beings, and, and they're close together, so their rough edges can rub off, off against each other. Well, so there was one sister that just annoyed the heck out of St. Therese. Just, just, you know, was, was just, there was a, a tension the second that she came into the room that St. That Therese kind of felt. Uh, and so St. Therese resolved. Instead of being revolted by this sister, instead of avoiding her, 
whenever the sister appeared, St. Therese says, I'm going to smile. Well, talk about backfire. The sister thought she was St. Therese's favorite. So she would, she would walk in the room, St. Therese would, Therese would light up with a smile, and the sister would come right to her, right? And just, they were going to be best buds, uh, you know? And, and St. Therese, you know, found that as a beautiful way for herself to grow. Another great French saint, St. John Vianney, patron of priests, you know, everybody knows his famous penances of, of denying himself sleep, denying himself food, you know, eating just a couple potatoes for the whole week. But there's another beautiful part of that. When he would be deep, deep in prayer, sometimes he would weep. And one of his parishioners asked him, Father, why do you weep so much? And he looked and said, because you weep so little. You know, penance, repentance, conversion. Do we, do we weep for the ways that we fall short of, of loving God and loving one another? We certainly weep when others don't love us as they should. But do we weep at the ways we haven't loved as we should? And that includes loving God. Mm-hmm. That's, that's our sins, again, not breaking one of God's rules. I have failed in my love for the God who created me, the God who has done everything for me. Sin is ingratitude. Uh, and can I weep at how ungrateful I have been? Uh, so St. John Vini internalizes that spirit of, of, of penance and, and conversion of heart. A more modern example, that, that, that another one close to me and another connection to St. Therese, is Mother Teresa. Mother Teresa of Calcutta, a saint of our time, and a woman who was on the cover of how many magazines, and wherever she went, she was treated, you know, the paparazzi followed her on, she was treated like a, a movie star, right? She hated having her photo taken. Hated it. It embarrassed her. She just didn't like it at all. But you know what she did? She smiled. And she said, Lord, I'll make you a deal. Every photo, another soul springs out of purgatory. Well, I don't know if the Lord held to exactly that negotiation of the deal, but if so, can you imagine how many souls have been freed from purgatory because Mother Teresa accepted all those photos with a smile? Yeah. I I, I honestly can't even imagine seeing a photo of her where she isn't smiling. That's the only image that comes to mind, is just that kind, smiling, wrinkled little face of hers. Right, right. And and that's where, let's be clear, when we talk about putting on a face, it sounds like hypocrisy. It sounds like, you know, well, you're just play-acting. Nope. Nope. I am choosing to turn in this direction. Okay, I don't like photos, but I'm choosing to turn in a loving way to embrace it. Right? The person, the sister that came in to St. Therese and St. Therese was annoyed by her. Is it false? Is it hypocritical that St. Therese smiled? Nope. St. Therese recognized my heart is imperfect by having this aversion to this other woman and I choose to overcome that aversion with love. And that's why I'm smiling. It's not that I'm play-acting. Right. That's, again, that interior work of conversion. 
Our spiritual director today on The Inner Life is Father Joseph Johnson, a priest in the Archdiocese of St. Paul in Minneapolis. As today we talk about the penances, the sacrifices that we make in our lives so that we can grow in holiness, or maybe we offer those on behalf of someone else. And how have you lived that out in your life? What have you offered to God? What is the penance or the mortification you've offered? What's that sacrifice? And how did you see that play out? Uh, Did you see, just like Father was talking about with St. Therese? Well, (laughs) you offered one thing and God said, I'm going to ask a little bit more from you. Uh, Did you see yourself grow in love and gratitude for God, for all the things that he does provide for you? Our studio line, 888-914-9149, More of your phone calls and more with Father Joseph Johnson coming up next here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. If you are struggling or searching for something more, if you are in need of some spiritual direction, our Catholic priests are here to help. Call now, 1-888-914-9149. That's 1-888-914-9149. Or email us, innerlife@relevantradio.com. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Welcome to The Inner Life here. Uh, glad to have you listening if you've just joined us. And today we're talking with Father Joseph Johnson, a priest in the Archdiocese of St. Paul in Minneapolis, talking about the penances, the sacrifices we offer. What have you offered in your life? And how has that impacted your relationship with Christ? Is it something where maybe you're still offering up a penance, you're still making that sacrifice, and you're still hoping, you're still saying, God, this is the thing that I am offering this for. There's some end goal in mind, somebody maybe that you're praying for to come back to the church. Maybe it's for your own growth and holiness, and we'd love to hear how that has helped you in your relationship with Jesus. 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. And Father, we've got Irene who's listening to us in Bloomington, Minnesota. Hi, Irene. You're on the air with Father Joseph Johnson. Father. Hi, Father, and um, I'm a, actually a parishioner at his church. I'm calling because... Um, The Lord has given me some crosses that uh, sometimes are hard for me to handle, such as I have arthritis throughout my entire body, and with other health issues, I can't take any of that pain medication. The last two days this week with the change in weather has been very painful for me, and I was trying to offer it up, especially for um, the Supreme Court case that they're going to be hearing concerning abortion. And in the middle of the day yesterday, I had had enough, and I just said, I can't take this anymore, Lord, just take this away from me. And then I uh, said, Lord, please don't, uh, please take the, the, morning, the part of the morning where I was able to handle it and offer it up and, and forget about my complaining. Um, it's, it's a struggle, and I'm, I'm working on it, trying to be... Um, uh, accepting of the uh, well, Irene, the cross that yes, the Lord has given me. Yes, and and it's always good to see you here in church when you do feel up to coming. And 
Uh, and again, that's what we were talking about earlier with Polly, uh, who called in as well, is that these these crosses we don't choose for ourselves, but that come to us. Uh, that that is, you know, the the greatest uh, way of of penance uh, to accept them. Uh, that we didn't have the freedom to say yes to this; it just came. Uh, but but instead of rebelling against it, or instead of letting the heaviness of it uh, just reduce us to to despair, uh, that we say, Lord, uh, you allow this, uh, and that way that means that you're going to help me through it. You know, if I couldn't do it, you wouldn't have allowed it to come to me. Not that you sent this to me, but you wouldn't even have allowed it to come to me if if it was something that would be too much for me. So maybe this is the way you teach me to depend more on you than on my own strength. Uh, you know, that that Jesus accepted the help of Simon of Cyrene on the, on the way to Calvary uh, to show us that, that we can't carry our own crosses by, by ourselves. Uh, obviously, sometimes the Lord will send a human to, to help us to be a Simon of Cyrene, but also it's that that Jesus himself carried the cross to show us he's embraced all of our suffering, and he's going to be there to help carry our crosses uh, every step of the way. And sometimes that way is heavy, and sometimes we do stumble, and that doesn't undo all the good uh, of of the way that, that we had been carrying the cross until that stumble. Uh, that's not undone. Uh, part of it is living in the grace of the present moment. If you wake up in the morning and your arthritis is really painful, go, I can't get through the next 12, 16 hours like this. It's uh, Then you say, no, no, I can get through this hour. Jesus, help me. Jesus, help me. We're going to get from, from 7 a.m., we're going to get to 8 a.m., you know, uh, and, and, and we can do that. Just little baby steps, always inviting the Lord to be your strength. And... When you're suffering, I think it's very important that we all remember that one of the titles of the Holy Spirit is the Comforter. Mm-hmm. So turn to the Holy Spirit and say, come, Holy Spirit, comfort me. Or, or sometimes it expresses the Consoler. Come, Holy Spirit, console me. You know, and, and find that, that, that peace uh, that comes from the presence of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit also gives the gift of fortitude. So, Holy Spirit, come give me the fortitude as well as the comfort to to carry this cross that I need. Thank you, Irene, for calling in. We'll see you in church. Yeah, Irene, uh, you'll be in my prayers as well, just uh, that you're able to find that comfort and that peace in the midst of some of the suffering that you're dealing with, you know, day in, day out, week in, week out. And, uh, Father, let's go back to the phones. We've got Mary, who's listening in Alexandria, Virginia. Hi, Mary. Thanks for calling into The Inner Life today. Hi, thanks for taking my call. Actually, I think my question is really similar to Irene's because I found myself um, trying to do a penance for several weeks and I lost motivation. And so I was trying to find a way to get myself back in a spirit of willing to do what Jesus wanted. Yes, beautiful. Well, and I think that, that, that motivation, you know, can flag in, in all of us, right? There there are times when when we're gung-ho and there are times when we're kind of just barely dragging along. That's 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 human to have, have that kind of fluctuation in, in our emotions and in our motivations. Uh, but to, to keep that goal in mind of, of, of walking uh, with the Lord, uh, to keep a goal in mind. You know, people that have 
terrible cancer or things like this, I say, you know what, uh, each day pick one of your children or grandchildren and offer all the suffering of today up for that one person. You know, and if I have a face, when that pain comes, I have a face. I'm, this is a gift, Lord, for that person. Then it, it helps me to, to, to focus uh, on that. And also, just remember that that penance, you know, we've talked about it as a gift for others and all, but just even that basic thing of ourselves, you know, our wounded human nature from original sin, we tend to be self-indulgent. And every time I can say no to myself, I build up my, my strength of will to be able to say yes to Christ, yes to living the law of love. Now, sometimes, and I, I used to go through this with my parishioners in Lent, you know, about halfway through Lent, I say, uh, raise your hands if you gave up coffee for Lent. And a bunch of people chuckle and they raise their hands. And they go, okay, how many of you have your neighbors, your spouses, your children, your coworkers have all noticed you being grumpy? And the same number of people raise their hands. You know, I'm like, well, okay. It was a beautiful, beautiful gift that you were going to deny yourself this but if the fruit is less charity, <laughs> you know, then it may be, okay, Lord, maybe I need to back it off and just do one cup of coffee a day <laughs> instead of none or, or whatever it is. Let's make sure that the fruit that's coming from it is something good. That by saying no to myself, by, by, that, that I don't just become grumpy and become a penance to somebody else, but that I'm embracing a life that frees me from selfishness, frees me from self-indulgence, and builds my will to give a beautiful gift to others, give a gift to the Lord in love. Mary, thanks so much for calling in. And Father, you know, Mary talking about doing that penance for a long period of time, uh, there are times where in the Church, you mentioned Lent, that's a season of, of penance. Uh, you know, we we give up things, but we're also coming up on another season here that has a penitential aspect to it—the season of Advent. And I think it's easy to give up things, or maybe it's easier to give them up during Lent. But when it's Advent, you know, we're just past Thanksgiving here in the U.S. and it seems like there's this month-long celebration. Christmas music is playing in every store you walk into and on a bunch of radio stations. And, you know, there's all of the Christmas parties that people get invited to, whether it's for work or family gatherings. There's seems to be Christmas cookies and other treats that are always around every corner. And so I guess a couple of thoughts that I have. Uh, one is, how, how do you think we can participate in those moments of celebration through Advent without losing the penitential aspect of Advent. But then also the fact that once we get past Advent and we're into the Christmas season, that is a true season of celebration, kind of the same way with Easter, you know, that especially that octave of Easter. Uh, is it even appropriate to carry over a penance into some of those high celebratory times in the liturgical calendar? You know, uh, that's a beautiful um, insight, Josh. There are seasons of preparation and seasons of celebration, right? And we get it for Lent. That's a season of preparation. You know, someone was mad at me because I wouldn't allow a Christmas concert 
you know, right before the kids left uh, for Christmas break. And I said, well, it's not Christmas. We can have an Advent concert, but we can't have a Christmas concert because it's Advent. It's not Christmas. And they said, well, uh, it's close enough. I said, okay, will you stand up in church with me on Good Friday and we're going to sing the Alleluia Chorus of Handel? Well, no, well, no I wouldn't sing the Alleluia on Good Friday. Well, it's almost Easter. You know, it's the, the same logic, right? That we need to rediscover Advent. Now, that doesn't mean be the Grinch. That doesn't mean, you know, that, that we growl that other people have lights on or, or are throwing parties. But you know what? Maybe we don't go to every party. Maybe we don't turn our lights on the tree until Christmas itself. Because it's a tragedy that we turn Advent into Christmas and then Christmas is nothing. Christmas is picking up tinsel and throwing away wrapping paper. Uh, you know, so so really, I was delighted last year that one of the fruits of the terrible things that we've been going through here with COVID is that most people were able actually to rediscover Advent as a time of sobriety or as a, as a time of simplicity uh, rather than just one big celebration from Thanksgiving to New Year's. Uh, so so I, I'm hopeful that now, uh, as life is a little bit more normal for, for many people, that you, you still take that spirit of simplicity, of sobriety. Say, I'm not going to turn on the lights on the house. I'm not going to decorate the Christmas tree. I'm going to do it only. Uh, I'm going to do things in a way that keep this spirit of this season of preparation, keep a penitential spirit. Uh, that, that through the penance of Advent, we say, we are sinners and we needed a Savior. How better to prepare for Christmas than that? Mm. Father Joseph Johnson, it's always a, a, just an enjoyable hour whenever you're on the program. I'm so glad you were here today. We've got about 20 seconds left. Uh, could I uh, ask you to offer a blessing for all of our listeners? May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Father. And of course, stay tuned. We've got Mass that's coming up here in, oh, about 30 seconds, followed by The Faith Explained. want to say a big thank you also to Nick Sentovich and Jim Shaper for their help in producing the program here today. You can find the podcast online at RelevantRadio.com and on the Relevant Radio app coming up in just a little bit this afternoon. Tomorrow, Father Sam Martin is back with us once again as we talk about how we can be in the world, but not of the world. Hope to see you there.